Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Everyday Trainer Podcast. My name is Meg, and I am a dog trainer. So on today's episode, I talk to you about addiction. Um, What's the one thing that we are giving our dogs every single day that is stronger than drugs. So if addiction is a triggering topic for you, this might not be the episode for you. Um, And then I also just go on a general rant, as you know how I do, about the culture of dog ownership, uh, where I see the big problems happening with owners, and how we can really shift the way we view our dogs and view being a dog owner. So Grab yourself a tasty drink. I've got mine right here, and I'll meet you back here. Enjoy. Hello, friends. How are we doing today? I hope your week last week. This is a Monday, just FYI. (laughs) This is going to be released on a Friday, but I'm recording it on a Monday. I hope your last week was better than mine because I just, I had one of those weeks where it seems like everything has been going wrong. Um, My technology is failing. Opportunities are like fell through for me. What else? Oh, I got bit by a dog. Yeah, I got bit yesterday. That kind of sucked. So yeah, it's just been one of those weeks, hasn't it? So I hope yours has been better. Um, And today I want to talk to you about addiction with our dogs and what our dogs are addicted to that is causing all of these behavioral issues that we see. So first, I want to start by talking about, I'm just going to jump right into things, you know? Oh, also I'm drinking chamomile tea, which is very on brand for my week. Um, this I think is my like sixth glass of chamomile tea and I don't know, I still don't feel super calm. So I guess I'll have to continue drinking them. So I hope your tasty drink is something good and relaxing. I personally don't drink alcohol. Um, not that I'm like, uh, like I will sometimes, but it's very rare. It like messes up my stomach. So I don't like to drink it, but, um, yeah, alcohol, I feel like would be a great choice if you're trying to relax. If you're, if this is like Friday and like you have an easy day, hell yeah. Get, get a drink, get a beer, get a glass of wine, something. I don't know. Drink for me. So before we jump in to addiction, I want to talk about the culture of dog ownership and what I see today and the issues that it's causing. So being a dog owner is super cool because as soon as you get a dog, you're instantly in this like community of other people who also have dogs. You're just like instantly in this cool community of like, oh my God, look, we all have dogs. That's cool. So we think that being a dog owner is cool because we get to be part of this group, which it is super cool. But the problem is the culture inside the community of dog owners. So I think my generation and the generation, um, 
before me. I'm a millennial. Um, and I think the whatever generation is like above me, older than me, I think we really started this trend of like dog owner culture because we're not having um, as many children as past generations because we can't afford housing, <clears throat> which I won't get into that. But um, yeah, I think <laughs> I think that our generation changed the culture of what it means to be a dog owner to like farmers and working dogs to let's give our dogs facials and set up play dates and schedule doggy daycare and dog parks like that's the culture that I think the generation before me has created mine and the generation before me we've created that um, and the whole, like, pet all the dogs. And I don't like saying hi to people. I like saying hi to dogs. Like, that kind of attitude. That, like, whatever, I don't like people. I just want to sit with the dogs. Or, like, the memes where, like, it's, like, me at a party. And it's, like, a person sitting on the floor with a dog. Like, yeah. <laughs> Can relate. But also, I think that culture is really damaging to our dogs. Um, and the reason being we are creating little addicts. Our dogs are addicted to our affection and we give them affection every single day, all day. We give them time on the couch. We pet them every time we come home. We pet them when they're being crazy. We pet them when they're sleeping on the floor. We pet them, pet them, pet them, pet them, pet them all day long. We're constantly giving our dogs affection and endless privileges and we're creating addicts. We are literally creating dogs that cannot function without us. And you can imagine that can cause a lot of behavioral issues. So one of the things that I do as a dog trainer is I don't really fix specific behaviors and I'm very anti that. Um, I like to look at the dog as a I guess like a more holistic approach of like, let's look at everything instead of just jumping to teaching our dog obedience commands. Let's check in with the dog and tune into them and see what's going on inside their brain. If we can address the dog's mental state and um, just like overall how they carry themselves through the world, then typically the behavioral issues will go away on their own. There's usually not a need to like fix or correct specific behaviors if you set the dog up correctly and communicate effectively. So sometimes that means correcting in that communication, just to clear that up. So while I'm looking at all of these things, I'm looking at how the dog lives, I'm looking at everything that plays into why does this dog feel this way? Why do I have an insecure, um, like confused dog? <laughs> why did, why is this dog struggling? Um, and most of the time it's because we're giving our dogs way too much. 
So one of the things that I do as a trainer is I strip the dog down of its bare to to its bare minimum. No privileges, no free roam, um, just a ton of structure because I have to reteach the dog how to exist without things like affection and constant praise and the baby talk because what happens when we give our dogs that all the time when we give our dogs constant affection we're constantly rewarding them all of those feel-good hormones are being released just like a drug this is an addiction. We've created little addicts that live with us. They're addicted to our affection and they can't function out in the world without it. So what happens is when they don't have that affection, they feel insecure and they don't know what to do because they weren't given any direction. The only kind of direction or feedback they have is affection. And that's not a very clear message to your dog. The only thing it communicates is, Whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Just keep doing it. So I tell people, what you pet is what you get. I did not come up with that. I don't remember who came up with that. Maybe my friend Bethany. Mm, I don't know. But what you pet is what you get. That means that whatever you reward, that's the behavior that you're going to get more of. So what I need you to do is check in with your dog's state of mind when you are petting them. And this is much easier said than done because what I've seen in a lot of my clients is that people are completely unaware of how often they actually are petting their dogs. So it's almost a, an addiction for us too. Um, for example, uh, about a month ago, I had a board and train client with me. Um, I had trained this dog in the past and the owner was going out of town and he just wanted to work through some behaviors. So the dog was a small dog um, and would jump up on his grandchildren. And so his grandchildren are small. They're like two feet tall. So when even a small dog would jump up on them, it would knock them down. And the kids were starting to be fearful of the dog. So the owner reached out to me and said, hey, can we keep our dog with you um, while we go out of town and you can maybe work through these things? I was like, yes, definitely. So I had the dog with me for a week and we worked through those things. We did some training. She picked back up on it really quickly and I knew why the dog was jumping, um, but I wanted to work through it with her first. So as soon as I brought the dog back home, I actually wrote a list for the owner of things for him to do and not do with the dog. One of them was picking her up whenever she jumped or petting her whenever she was barking, or petting her whenever she was jumping. Uh, because what he would do is he would usually try to stop the behavior with affection. And so I'm standing there going over this list with him, and the dog starts jumping up because she's getting bored with us. She's jumping up, barking at him. Oh, okay, okay. He bends down and picks the dog up. While I'm going over a list with him and I look at him and I said, see, you just did it. And he was like, oh my gosh, you're right. And he puts the dog back down. We go back to the list and I'm walking through everything. The dog does it again and starts, uh, I, I think she was like barking, kind of jumping up his leg. Okay. Okay. Bends down, starts petting her. And I said, you did it again. And he said, oh my gosh. 
<laughs> and he was very understanding and he knows he's he was very aware but he just couldn't help it in that moment i'm going over with him do not pet the dog when she jumps up on you do not pet the dog when she's barking and he did it just out of habit he has conditioned himself to pet the dog so imagine what we're doing to our dogs just through our conditioned patterns and so i think that this is coming from this culture around pet all the dogs pet all the dogs and i think it's really damaging to our dogs so to give you another example i was doing a one-on-one session with a client and we were going over the place command and the concept of the place command and how it's a great place for your dog to go if you just want them to hang out and relax because we teach them that they're not allowed to get up from place until we release them and so what happens is the dog goes to place and they know oh well i'm not going to be able to get up anyways i'm just going to relax and they relax and that's what it becomes a conditioned place for the dog to relax. So I'm explaining this to the clients and while I'm standing there, the dog gets up from place and the owner bends down and starts petting him. And I said, see, you you did it. And he said, what, what, what did I do? And I said, you pet the dog as soon as he got up from place. Oh my gosh, you're right, you're right, sweet. Guided the dog back into down on place. I start going through the list again. The dog stands up. The owner's watching me and just reaches down and starts petting the dog's head. And I said, you're doing it again. And he was like, oh my gosh, you're right, you're right. So it's it's not that we are unaware. We're just so conditioned to pet our dogs all day long. And I like to think of this similar to, imagine if we were giving our kid pieces of candy all day long. Sure, a piece of candy every now and then is not that big of a deal. It's going to be fine. Like, it's not super beneficial to the kid, but if it makes the kid happy, then a piece of candy is not going to be the end of the world. But what happens when you give your kid candy all day long? Every time the kid walks up to you, you give them a piece of candy. Every time you walk over to the kid, you give them a piece of candy. Every time you pass the kid, Just walking through the house, you give them a piece of candy. Every time you pick up your kid from school or practice, you give them a piece of candy. Well, that's a lot of candy. (laughs) So that's not super healthy for a child. Also, imagine what you're conditioning that child. Like that child is just going to think candy, 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 candy all day, just looking for the next time that they're going to get candy. And when they don't have candy, they're probably not going to be okay. So that's what we're doing when we give our dogs affection. It is an addiction. It is addicting. It is a drug. And we are giving it to our dogs all day long. So every time you pet your dog, I want you to think of, would I give my dog a drug right now? No? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna ease off of this. And that's not to say that you can never give your dog affection. That's not true at all. I always give my dogs affection. I give my dogs affection every day. But I don't give my dogs affection if they are anxious or barking or whining or maybe aren't in the calmest mindset. 
I don't give my dogs affection when I want them to stop a behavior or to distract them from something else. I give my dogs affection when they're in a calm, neutral state. So I want you to focus on the mindset that you're giving affection to because what you pet is what you're gonna get. Okay, so... I know that I make this sound really severe, but I really do think that affection is a huge component of the struggles, a huge component of the struggles. What does that even mean? (sighs) Affection is the reason why so many owners struggle with their dog's behavior because we're giving them affection all day long that when they don't have it, they don't know how to confidently move through the world and how to confidently exist. And I'm not going to go into any of the other aspects of training on this episode. I'm going to focus on just limiting affection, but there are more pieces to the puzzle, like fulfilling your dog's need to work, like providing structure for your dog, like being the source of all things good for your dog, like teaching your dog how to work for its food. All of those things are going to create a balanced dog. But one of the biggest things that I see most owners doing that could limit probably a majority of their behavioral issues is just the endless amounts of affection and spoiling and privileges that our dogs have. So I have worked with all different kinds of animals. Um, I've worked with alligators and wild animals and um, (laughs) all different kinds of reptiles. I've worked at zoos and wildlife rehab places. I've worked with a lot of different animals and I can easily say that it's much easier to avoid a bite from another animal, like a wild animal or an animal that's in a zoo, than it is with dogs. And I see that what we're doing to our dogs by treating them not just like children, but almost better than children, um by not fulfilling their needs, by not fulfilling their needs to work, by not fulfilling their needs as, as a animal, as a animal that has derived from the wolf. Like we really do seem to forget that. And we fill our dog's day with, um, face masks and doggy daycares and dog parks. And we completely just forget about the part that, oh yeah, this is a carnivore that's living with me. So I see that something is going to have to change very soon because a lot of people are getting dogs and treating them like babies instead of fulfilling their needs or treating them like dogs. And I'm seeing a lot of severe behavioral issues stem from that. And I can see in the future it being an issue with overpopulation and everyone wanting to own a dog, but none of us really knowing how to own a dog 
and us having all of these unsocialized, um, not confident, uh, affection addicted dogs out in the world, I can see that privilege being taken away or maybe even limited. I can see it being regulated dog ownership. And so I really want to be at the forefront of changing the culture of what it means to be a dog owner. Um, it means that you have to communicate with them clearly in a way that they understand. It means that you have to set boundaries for them. It means that you have to provide them with structure. You have to fulfill them. So there are so many other ways that we can love our dogs. But anyways, I was talking about the animals because I've worked with all different kinds of animals and in every other setting, we really set... Like if you're working with the animal, you have to set yourself up for success, which means you have boundaries with that animal. You're not going to walk up and shove your face in a monkey's face, you know, and like you have boundaries and you're not just giving them endless affection to fill some sort of internal need. Um, so there is an understanding when you work with other animals that like this is an animal and they're not a person and they don't need to be treated like a person or they don't need to be treated like a child but with dogs we've lost that we've lost that and I think it it can be really dangerous um so I've worked with many many dogs and many many owners and a lot of the behavioral issues that I am seeing are stemming from too much affection affection <laughs> affection and too many privileges, too many, too much time on the couch. And so what's happening is when we give our dogs affection all day, not only are we uh, creating little insecure dogs that are just drugged out on our affection and need it in order to feel good and feel like they're confident, we're also creating dogs that think that they are just in control of us. They are on the hierarchy above us. They're above us. Um, and I don't want you to think that my goal as a trainer is to be alpha or to be more dominant. Um, but you do have to be a leader for your dog and provide them with the boundaries and structure that they need to peacefully coexist in the world. So I mentioned that I got bit by a dog. Um, and really this dog bit me out of resource guarding. So this dog was guarding my space. So for dogs, space is a resource. This dog was standing by me and I had seen it out in the yard, um, kind of show signs of resource guarding with me and with the other dogs around. So another dog approaches and maybe he does a low growl and I can correct. No, then I'll stop. But yesterday, um, I was out in the training room in my house with two dogs and one of them was on one side of me and the other was on the other. And the, uh, one of them got too close, and so the other, who was the resource guarder, reached around and uh, tried to bite the dog, and I instinctively put my leg up 
to block it and got a big munch, munch out of my leg. And so it's not the dog's fault. Um, the dog was thinking, this is my job. It's my job to look out for space. It's my job because I'm, I'm the one who runs the house. Basically, I'm the one who decides who's allowed in our space. I'm the one who decides who to bark at. I'm the one who greets everyone. I'm the one who gets privileges like couch time and bedtime and endless affection. I get all of these things. So if these people are giving me all of these things all day long, why wouldn't I assume that this is also my space? So one of the things that I do with probably every single dog that comes to me is I have to teach them that they don't have ownership over everything. And that's a big, big result of too much affection and too many privileges. We're giving our dogs endless affection um, and we're asking for very little in return. I see some of these dogs out in the world. They, they come and stay in my house and I'm shocked by how, how far people let their dogs go that, that they let their dogs really control their lives and they just don't see it. We, we wouldn't even do that with children, really. And I'll say it again, like, we wouldn't. We wouldn't do that with kids. We wouldn't let, like, a child just because it wants to dictate everything in our lives. And what I mean by that is maybe you can't have certain people over or maybe you can't have, like, guests over because of your dog or maybe you can't leave your house because your dog has too much anxiety, so we're creating a lot of problem behaviors by giving our dogs way too much. And that is always the topic that triggers people the most because they feel entitled. They feel entitled to give their dog endless amounts of affection and whatever they want and as many toys as they want and as many treats and pieces of food as they want, no matter how they behave. Um, I can tell you that if... If I were the type of owner who <laughs> gave my dogs treats, which I don't, um, my dogs have very little, but I fulfill my dogs by taking them on hikes and training them and engaging with them instead of giving them affection and time on the couch. But if I were the type of owner to give my dog treats, I sure as hell would not give my dog treats if the dog smacked it out of my hand or you know, the dog jumped up on our friend who just came through the door. That dog doesn't, in my opinion, deserve treats. Um, and imagine if children were allowed to act the way that we let our dogs act. And like, I just, I don't see it happening. I don't see people allowing their kids to act how they allow their dogs to act. And it's, it's pretty, it's pretty wild to me. And then the other side of giving our dogs too much affection is we're not creating them to be very confident. And so everything is perceived as a threat. And so while the dog that bit me may think that 
he's in charge and is the one to kind of make those decisions. He's also probably pretty uh, fearful of everything, which is why that other dog seems like such a threat to him. And so it's not just the attitude of, I own everything that we give our dogs when we give them too much. It's the attitude of, I don't know how to function without these things. I don't know how to function without affection. I don't know. I don't know how to function out in the world because I was never taught. And so that's really what I do is I teach dogs how to function out in the world without carrying that fear with them and without carrying the the burden of thinking that it's their decision to make like it thinking that like it's their job to look out for our space that it's their job to check every person that comes into the house um and so I just want people to understand what they're doing when they give their dogs endless affection and everything that they want um you're teaching your dog that they kind of run the show And when they run the show, they get to decide the rules of the house and the rules of the house for them are not going to be the same rules that you live by. And that's when you're going to have those issues. So as a dog trainer, I strip away all of the privileges, Um, no couch time, no free feeding. That just means you're not leaving food out all day. All of the dogs that come to me work for their food. That's how we do our training sessions. They learn their obedience commands. They learn the place command. They learn recall using their breakfast and dinner. Um, and they're not allowed much time to do much of what they want to do because I have to retrain them how they need to peacefully exist in the world and confidently and most of the time the dogs that come to me go through a period of withdrawal so they go from having everything everything tons of affection and time on the bed and the coziest pillows and just all of the best things and treats and bones and all of the toys and kongs filled with peanut butter that they go through withdrawals when they come to me for training because I strip all that away. And so I have addicts staying with me that I have to work through their addiction. And that is one of the reasons why I think it's so important to train the owners and why I'm most likely going to stop doing board and trains Because I'm getting so many, and this isn't with everyone, but I get people who think that it's just the dog. They think that, oh, this this dog just has these issues that need to be fixed. But the issues don't stem from the dog. Um, They really are stemming from owners and owners who just don't know how to love their dogs without giving them everything. So yeah, I want to urge you to love your dog differently. Um, I personally, my dogs don't really have bones. Um, They don't really have toys. That's a common thing that I see is buckets of toys on the ground. Um, But what I do with my dogs is I take them for walks every single day. We do training sessions for their breakfast. 
Uh, we play fetch in the yard. I let them chew on sticks. Uh, we go on hiking trails. They go out to lunch with me. They go on car rides. I engage with my dogs and that's how I love them. And so what that does is it teaches them to be confident out in the world without that affection, without that need to be constantly touched. So love your dog differently. I think that's a that's a good place to wrap it up. Probably. I don't know. It's been a long, long beginning of the week already. <laughs> so I did want to mention, and I've been kind of hesitant about talking about this because I don't know when I'm going to have it done, but I'm just going to go ahead and shoot my shot. So I am creating an... Ooh, thunder. I'm creating a training guide slash ebook um, that I'm going to sell on my website. So I am currently working on the design process of it, which is great, but it's super time consuming. Um, this ebook has taken me forever to write. Uh, this is basically just a compilation of the general things that I've learned over my past I, I don't even know how long I've had this business. Three years? Three years of working with dogs. Um, so I really just wanted to share and get on paper all of the things that I've learned and that I see every single day with the owners that I work with because we're all doing the same things. Almost all of the owners that I work with are doing the same things and getting the same results, which is a misbehaved anxious, stressed out, insecure dog. So we want less of those, which is why I'm sharing this ebook. Um, I have a general ebook and then I'm also going to have a puppy training guide. And then I'm also going to have a skill building ebook, which will go over, um, how to implement the training commands, like how to use leash guidance, how to teach obedience commands. That's just teaching you how to build the skills that you'll need in dog training. And that's going to come with video links. Um, so another thing that I'm working on, which is this part scares me and also excites me the most, but, um, I am going to have a store on my website that doesn't just sell ebooks, but actually say it sells all of the training equipment. Um, so e-collars, prong collars, leashes, long leads. I'm going to have everything that I use with all of the dogs that I train and all of the owners that I work with on my website in packages. You can buy bundles with like the ebook and the e-collar. And, oh, I'm also going to have a e-collar ebook, which, yeah. So that, that ebook will be paired with the e-collar and I'll have bundles with everything. I've been working so hard on this and I don't know, it still kind of doesn't feel like it's real, but it's coming together. I'm doing it, this crazy one woman show that I have. Um, so yeah, I'm thinking that this is very general, but maybe by the end of October, November timeframe, that's when everything should be out and going. Um, so if you don't already follow me 
at the Everyday Trainer on Instagram and Facebook. I'm going to make an announcement of that soon, and I really want to do a giveaway where I give away the bundle of like ebooks and training equipment to someone. So if that is something that interests you and like piques your attention, go ahead and give me a follow. I'm probably going to do, I don't know what I'll do. We'll see. We'll see. Um, so yeah, exciting stuff coming. Hopefully I will keep you all updated with that. Um, each week I just sit and type furiously on my little my little laptop to get this done for you. So I'm really, really excited for it to be done and hoping hoping to have it within the next month or so. So yeah, thank you so much for listening to me. I really do hope that you enjoyed this episode. It's a nice, short, sweet little rant about affection. So hopefully you get something out of it. And I can't wait to see you here. See ya for you to join me next week. Okay, bye.